So today, inshallah, I do want to cover a very important topic that has been asked uh, from me several times. And I give a khutbah about the importance of sibling relationships. I did talk about the importance of siblings getting along with each other, especially after they have grown up, they have got married and so forth. Often siblings, they cut off from one another on small petty issues. So after that, after that khutbah, there were some people who came and asked me some questions. And then this past uh, weekend or this past Friday, I talked about that there are five sins that are very much dis, dis, uh, despised by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one of those sins is a person who severs relationships from other family members so again after that there were some people who came and asked me some important questions and the question keeps on coming up is that there are some certain circumstances certain search situations where at that time can we sever our relationship from our families or not like, is this a hard and fast rule that in any situation, if you sever a relationship, then for example, as the Prophet ﷺ, he says in a hadith, لا يدخل الجنة قاطعون, A person who severs relationships or is the cause of others severing their relationship from others, who is basically the, the mastermind behind it or someone who advises family members that do not talk to him, everyone don't talk to him, or everyone don't talk to her. This happens often in families. So the Prophet ﷺ says about a person that he will not enter into Jannah. So, once again, the question always comes up is, there are some certain situations in our families that what about in those situations can we sever the relationship? So first of all, I'm going to share four important advices. These are just general advices that no matter what the situation is. And then the next thing, inshallah, we'll go through some particular circumstances or scenarios and how we can deal with those kind of situations. So first of all is, the question some people may ask is, that no matter how much good I do with people in my family, no matter how much I try to do good with my siblings, no matter how much I try to do good with my uncles, my aunties, my aunts, and so forth, they never ever reciprocate the same level of respect as I show them. So in that situation, we always remind ourselves the hadith of Abu Hurairah where in Rasulullah wasallam, he was asked that I have relatives whom I keep in touch with, but they cut me off. Meaning that I always try to make a sincere effort to stay in touch with me, to stay in touch with them, but they cut me off. I treat them well and they mistreat me and they abuse me. I am patient with them and kind towards them, but they continuously insult me. So Rasulullah said that if it is as you are saying, meaning Rasulullah does not know, he has not heard the other side of the story. So he's saying to this man that if it is as you are saying, then you are putting hot ashes in their mouth. And then the Prophet says, Allah will continue to support you as long as you continue to keep up the same good behavior with them. So meaning, the situation is such, you're trying to be good with someone else, but someone is doing the complete opposite with you. In that case, always remember, you might feel weak. Some people may seem that you are the one who are, you are putting yourself down, but in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you truly have Allah's support on your side. The next important thing is, that you can never ever expect someone to be good to you. See, a lot of times we do good with others. Why? Because they want, uh, they want, we want them to do good with us. But the rule is this. If you continuously wait for others to do good for you and do good with you and you do good with them only with that intention, wallahi, you'll be miserable. Because if they don't show you that same 
level of love and respect and compassion, the way you show them and your intention is, I want them to do the same for me and they don't show that, you will be miserable. And eventually, this will cause more pain in your heart. So that is why you do it, do it only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are good to our family members. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, and, and so forth. So Allah is telling us, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then do good with your parents and do good with your relatives. The, num the number three point is that no matter how offensive or disrespectful someone may have been with you in the past from your close family members, it does not ever give you the right to initiate disrespect or rudeness or being offensive to them in any capacity. Because what happens is that sometimes we feel that because they did something to me in the past, now that they have come to me, now let me go ahead and get all this anger and rage. I have been sitting and bottling up in my heart for so many years. Let me just get this out once and for all. And what happens is we become the aggressor. We can become the volume in that kind of situation. So no matter what they have done, that does not give anyone the right to become offensive with them. Now, I do want to say this. Someone may say that, hasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, The compensation of wrong is wrong in itself. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that. But at the same time, remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows our nature. See, when someone does something wrong to us, the possibility of us sticking to that wrong and doing the equal amount of wrong to them is very highly unlikely. Because there's so much rage filled in, when someone does something wrong to us, we're gonna probably do two times more to them. So that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمَنْ عَفَى وَأَصْلَحَ فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ Whoever forgives and they let it go at that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them an exceptional reward in the hereafter. Number four, if they choose not to talk to you, you've made several attempts, you reached out several times, you said, even if you did something wrong, you said, I'm sorry, you apologize. Even if you have not done anything wrong, but they choose not to talk to you and they, they don't even give you an answer then you are not mas'ul. You are not responsible before Allah on the day of judgment. Because you did your best. You did reach out to them in a sincere manner and they chose not to talk to you for any reason. That's on them on the day of judgment. You will not suffer the consequences in this dunya or in the akhirah because Allah sees the intention. Now, the next thing is, when it comes to family members, there are two different types of categories here. One category is the category that no matter what the situation is, you always try to repair your relationship with them. You always try to keep a connection with them no matter what. Some of the ulama say that these are your maharim. Some of the ulama say that these are those who will perhaps inherit from you one day. All the people that could possibly inherit from you one day, these are the people that no matter what, you always try to be good to them, always show them dignity and respect. And if they, if they are in a situation where you do not get along with them and so forth, be good to them and so forth. But there is another category that if you do not get along with them, then in that situation, you are not obligated, listen to me very carefully, you're not obligated by Sharia to go and you must maintain a relationship with them. 
Now, I'm going to get in trouble by saying this, so I'm going to have to, but I'm going to say it, okay? Your in-laws, for example, okay? So everyone's like, ah, yes, finally, he's talking about in-laws. Okay, so what about your in-laws? Islamically speaking, okay? You know, when a, when a husband says to his wife, I don't care how my mother is, you have to and have to get along with her, okay? Islamically, listen to me very carefully, should she go and be good to her mother-in-law? Should a husband go and be good to his mother-in-law and father-in-law? Should a wife be good to her mother-in-law and father-in-law? Indeed, Rasulullah taught us that how he treated his in-laws. Because Rasulullah remember, he was the son-in-law to Abu Bakr. He was the son-in-law to Umar radiallahu He was a father-in-law to Uthman. He was a father-in-law to Ali radiallahu He taught us what does it mean to treat your in-laws. And he also taught us what does it mean to be in the position of an in-law. Like if I have my son-in-law, how do I treat my son-in-law? Like I'm not going to go into details right now. But did you know that Ali radiallahu would come with the most private questions to the Prophet like questions that you, Wallahi, would never ask your own father-in-law. But Ali radiallahu anhu, he would come and ask very sensitive questions to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not like give him a slap, bisharam, you know, get out of here. He never did that. But he just, the point is that this is how the Prophet sallallahu taught us. Now, but I will say this, what if there's a situation they just don't get along at all? In that case, do you have to force one upon the other? No, you don't. Sometimes... Mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, they just don't see eye to eye on anything. At that time, it doesn't mean that she can go and be rude. It doesn't mean that she can go and become disrespectful. It doesn't mean that he can go and become disrespectful. I've seen men, I've heard men at times telling their in-laws, like as if they treat their wives as possessions. Your, your daughter is mine, I can treat you however you want. No, this is not from our deen. This is your jahala. This is your culture, your jahala. This is not from our deen. The point is that when it comes to in-laws, if there's a situation that where they just cannot get along, you cannot force a relationship or force one to go and get completely along with the other if their natures collide. Now, let's get to the next important part. In what situations, how do you deal with family situations? And these are scenarios I'm bringing to you I'm not just making up these scenarios. These are real life scenarios. Questions that have been asked to me several times. What if my family is committing haram? Okay? What if my family is committing haram? For example, I got a call. My child, okay, has engaged in a haram relationship. And now they are they're going to get married to this person. So this is a woman who called me saying to me that my daughter is getting married to a, a non-Muslim man. What do I do in that kind of situation? Do I cut her off? What do you, what, should she cut her off? No. Dean says you cannot cut her off because she's one of the closest family members to you. She's your daughter. So whether it's the daughter or the son, it does not matter. These are, I've heard also cases where my son is getting married to a... I mean, she's not even a Muslim. She's not even a Kitabi. She's, some, she's beyond that. Okay, so in that situation, do I cut off from my son? Do I cut off from my daughter? The answer is no, you don't cut off. However, this is the subtle point here. You cannot support your family member in doing haram. So when that mother says, should I go to their marriage? And should I be part of her marriage and her wedding? And I told her 
that no, you should not be. Why? Now, some people may say that no, I think she should go show support. Perhaps, you know, her husband may accept Islam and so forth. But once again, when you go and you show your support, even though she knows she is doing something that is haram, according to the book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. But when that mother goes, I advise that mother, no, you should not go. You should not go and be part of the wedding. However, remember that you tell your daughter. Your daughter will call you. Or even in this case, the son. They call you and they ask you to come to the wedding. You don't go, but you do let them know that you are there for them. You are still their mother. And if they need anything, any time in life, that you are there for them. You will, you will help them out. They may come back to you one day. They may come back to the parents. At that time, the parent cannot say, because you committed haram, I want nothing to do with you. No, the parents should not do that at that time. But at the same time, you cannot support them in their haram endeavor. What about another situation? I got this call. My brother is engaged in a haram relationship. My sister or my sister is engaged in a haram relationship. And my sister wants me or my brother wants me to meet with my, perhaps maybe my significant others. Basically, this is a man who's telling his brother, I want you to come and meet my girlfriend. Or it's the woman who's telling her sister, I want you to come and meet my boyfriend. These are, I'm not making these up. This is happening. Wallahi, this is happening. So I told that sister, in that particular situation, you can, you, you respectfully, you have to show that you don't support her in this. Because she is committing haram. Or you tell the brother, I don't, I don't support you in this because you're committing haram. You want me to meet with that person? I will meet with them because they are a human being. Out of respect, I will meet with them, but I'm not in favor of this relationship. Now, the same person says, does my children have to meet with them? And here's where the tricky part is. When the children meet with them, see, as an adult, you may understand the situation. But put the children in that situation, you tell, they're gonna say, oh, who is that lady? And you say that, well, he is, she is the wife of your uncle. The first thing, you know, kids are smart. The first thing they're going to say is, well, there was no nikah. There was no wedding. There was no shadi. Okay. I don't remember anything like that. So then you say that, well, okay, you know, she is his girlfriend. Oh, isn't that haram? How do you start explaining that to a, to a child at that time? That's why it's best. Just keep the children out of it. Now, another serious situation. It's a life. It happens in many families. I have, this is literally a person gave me a call me and said that my, someone in my family, they're not from my children, they're not, of course, not my husband, not, but someone from my siblings, their child has become transgender, okay? Now, they are asking, first of all, they have accepted that whether he has become a she or she has become a he, it doesn't matter at this point, but they have become transgender and they are uh, they are presenting themselves in the opposite gender from their biological gender. So in that situation, should I bring them to my home? Or should we go to their home? Should I allow my kids to be with them because they are cousins then? Because my kids and their kids are cousins. Should I allow this or not? Tricky question. Tricky situation. There's no one straightforward answer. Here's what I told the sister. 
in this particular situation because, once again, you don't want to expose your kids to these kind of things. It's not easy. I've said this before. As adults, we can understand the nuances. We understand limitations and balances and so forth. But our kids don't understand this. How do you sit there and explain to your child that, yeah, this is how your cousin is? They're going to feel that, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it too. So that is why I told the sister that, no, your kids, you have to respectfully tell your sibling that your kids will not be engaging with them. Now, it does not mean that if that person who identifies themselves as transgender, if they come around and they say, Assalamu in that situation, you have to respond to the salam. If they are coming and asking you a simple question, you have to be polite to them. They're a human being at the end of the day. But at the same time, you will not show them support. And you will not, while other people in the family are saying that, you know what, we support them. And that's what's happening in many families. No matter what my child does, I support them in their decision. Well, if you support them in their decision, that's your choice. But you are responsible for Allah on the day of judgment. But at the same time, you are not obligated as an uncle or an auntie or an aunt and so forth, that you have to agree to this. So once again, if there are things like this happening in our family, we can very nicely respectfully take a back seat but it doesn't mean that we are rude or disrespectful or we hurt them in any situation now few other cases i do have to mention what if what if i go i i've noticed that my brother or my sister they're very abusive let's just say they're abusive verbally abusive for for the most part they are verbally abusive not so much physically abusive what if I went, I don't like to go to my brother's house, I don't like to go to my sister's house. But now the situation is they're inviting all of us. I have to keep it, I have to maintain a relationship. Should I go or not to my brother's house or sister's house when I know that they may be abusive? In that situation, of course, once again, brothers, sisters, they are the closest members, one of the closest members to your family. You should go. But at the same time, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us, you don't let other people take advantage of you. When someone abuses you, you don't sit there and just take it over and over again. Because you know what happens? I've seen people, they take abuse, abuse, abuse in the name of religion. That the Prophet has taught us that we have to keep a tie and we have to, we have to always be good. But if someone is abusing you, verbally abusing you, physically abusing you, you don't have to become a doormat for someone else. You don't have to become a punching bag for someone else. Let's just say you went to someone's house. And all of a sudden, they start becoming abusive. There is absolutely nothing wrong if you pick up and you leave the house. You have to make it clear. If you don't have respect for yourself, remember this one rule of life. If you don't have respect for yourself, no one's going to have respect for you. That is a rule of life. Wallahi, you have to keep in mind. If you don't have respect for yourself, if you feel that let him do whatever he wants, let, let, let her do and say whatever she wants, and I'm just going to take it over and over again, you have lost respect for yourself, and as a result, they're not going to have respect for you. You put down your foot and you say that if this is how the situation is, respectfully, I don't need to be part of this kind of gathering. And next time, you are allowed Islamically to tell them that if this is how you're going to be, I don't need to come at all. And if you refuse and you say, I want to stay away from my family for that reason, you're not doing anything that is wrong. Now, the next question is, what if my family members are toxic? You know, there are some situations that you go to their home and you come back. And when you come back, 
you and your family are fighting with each other. There are just some people's homes that every time you go to their home, when you come back, you're coming back fighting. Okay? There's just something about their home. It's a toxic environment. So in that situation, what if that home that you're going to, or what if that family member, they are so toxic, they're affecting you physically, mentally, emotionally, and so forth. In that situation also, I'm not saying sever, it completely cut off, but you can take a back seat and you can minimize uh, the relationship. Finally, last question, comes up often. What if I find out that they are performing sihr in black magic? Often comes up. What if they are performing black magic or sihar? Should I, do I have to go? And let me be very frank when I say this. There are people who have come to me and they have told me, I have found out that my mother or my mother-in-law is doing this. How do, you, how do you work around that kind of situation? It's a very difficult situation. First of all is you have to make sure that you are 100% sure that they are doing um, black magic or sihar. That means that you have gone to a raqi, you've, done to, you've gone to a person who is an expert in ruqya, they have told you that yes, 100%, they are doing sihar and black magic on you. And not only that, but I don't want to go into details, there are sometimes there are signs of black magic and sihar and so forth. Now, if that is a situation, let's just say you get an invitation from your parents' home. And you know that this happens in your parents' home. Or you get an invitation from your in-laws. And you know that this happens in your in-laws. And you have 100% proof and you're 100% sure of it. In that case, you do not have to go. And if you refuse to go, if they say that you are doing something that is wrong against the Quran and Sunnah, let them say whatever they want to say. Because at the end of the day, our deen has never taught us that you push yourself in harm's way for the sake of others. No. You protect yourself and you protect your family. This is what we find in the Quran. Spiritually, physically, no matter what, you always protect yourself. So if there's a situation like this, you're 100% sure. Now you have to remember, if you are not 100% sure and you are accusing them, this becomes a buhtan. This becomes a slander. You have to be careful about this. We have to be very careful about this. But if you're 100% sure, you've asked many people who are in the field of ruqya, and they all have said that yes, there is some sihr that is going on and so forth. Or, let me, say, let me say this way. If you know that someone is coming into your home, this happens often too. Someone is coming into your home and they are performing the, the sihr or the black magic, you have a full right to tell them you're not welcome inside my house. You have, even if they are your parents or your parent, your, your, uh, your father-in-law or uh, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, it does not matter who it is, your brother and sister, it does not matter. You can tell them that my house is off limits for you. You don't have to give them an explanation. You understand, you know what's going on. You know that they're coming inside your house and they're causing fitna inside your house. They don't, you can very frankly tell them you're not allowed to come into my house. So and that's, and in that situation, there is nothing wrong in keeping a distant from in that relationship and keeping them far away in your relationship. So these are just some scenarios uh, I had to cover, inshallah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in our family affairs. But once again, the four things I mentioned at the beginning, those are the key principles. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما إن الذين يؤذون الله ورسوله لعنهم الله في الدنيا والآخرة وأعد لهم عذابا مهينا والذين يؤذون المؤمنين والمؤمنات بغير ما اكتسبوا فقد احتملوا بهتانا وإثما مبينا Thank you.